0: Recording from Title I Studio in Sandy, Utah, you're listening to Stunning. Hello, I'm Taisha Osler.
1: And I'm the Silver Dollar Man. And whether you're a homeowner with experience or a total newbie, this episode is like your personal guidebook. Carly and Kevin Spradlin are an energetic duo from Ultimate Home Lending.
0: They're motivated to enlighten borrowers and steadfastly believe in the significance of every question. So let's kick things off with a question.
2: How long does the mortgage loan application process typically take? The application itself typically takes 10 minutes. So the beginning application part, filling out the application, you could do it from your phone. We'll text you a link. You can do it from a laptop. A lot of times we just, like to take it over the phone when we're talking with a new client. We're asking the questions that's on an application. Tell me about your job history or tell me about yourself. What's your goals? How far out are you looking to buy? Just getting to know them. A lot of that is just part of an application. Mm. So the application itself takes about 10 minutes. After that, we'll structure it and go through it and have them upload paperwork. Pretty much from this point forward, de- depends on the buyer, how fast they get us the paperwork that we need. We like to have a conversation with them within 24 hours after. If they get everything back, we can structure a loan in one day as long as we have everything. Once that application's done and we've got some loan options, then we meet with them again. Usually through Zoom, we're totally open to meeting in person. A lot lot of people want to meet in person since 2020, but (laughs) we are open to that. And if it's over Zoom, we do a screen share. We're there in front of their computer, we're in front of ours, and then we show them their options. So...
3: Yeah, application is pretty simple, and Mm -hmm. a lot of times what is important for a homeowner to understand is when they're completing an application, it doesn't have to be perfect Mm -hmm. because it's all editable, Mm -hmm. and as loan officers, we're going to go through it with a fine-tooth comb, Mm -hmm. and we're going to make sure that the information is in there that needs to be in there, and then we're going to request it if it's not. We can update the purchase price, so it'll ask questions like, how much of a home are you looking to purchase? We try to let them know up front. Just put whatever you want in there. It could be a hundred thousand. It could be a, a million, uh-huh. right? The intention of the application is not to get you approved instantly. Now there are some online, and ours has the ability, but I really don't like that, and I don't want any homebuyer to trust just you fill out the information and print off a pre-approval letter yeah. because mm-hmm. there's so many holes in there. There's so mm-hmm. many what we call loan bombs that mm-hmm. could go wrong. What somebody puts on their application that they make for income. Very rarely is it exactly correct. Right.
2: For example, they say, yes, I'm at a full 40 hours. And when we get their paycheck, they're at 39. Oh. One paycheck or 38, mm-hmm. another paycheck, that's not considered full time. So we have to treat that a little bit differently than if each of their paychecks do say 40, 40 hours. hours. So there's a lot more to it than just stating Interesting. All kinds of variables. Mm
0: -hmm. Like, for instance, like private mortgage insurance might be a factor. Mm -hmm. Right. So what is private mortgage insurance? Explain that a little bit more, and when is it required? Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, PMI, private mortgage insurance, is required if the borrower puts less than 20% down on the purchase. There are some exceptions to that. There's some programs that have no PMI. There are some programs where you can have the mortgage insurance paid for, kind of rolled into the rate. Uh, But typically, and most of the time, that's where the people think you have to put 20% down. That's only to not pay mortgage insurance. And if you have good credit, it's auto insurance. Give me 15 minutes, I'll save you 15 bucks, right? Yeah. With with Geico or whatever. If you have a good driving record, you're going to pay less. On a conventional loan, if you have good credit, you're going to pay less than you would mm. if you got like an FHA loan or something like that. If you're a bad driver, you're gonna pay more. Yeah, mm-hmm. And if your credit is damaged, then your mortgage insurance could be a little bit higher mm-hmm. um, as well.
2: The majority of people don't have 20% to put down. That's in the past. Yeah. So don't we don't want any of our clients to think that they can't get into a home because they don't have 20% down or they're scared of that private mortgage insurance that they have to pay. That's where education comes in, right? Yeah. So the majority of the people do not have the 20% to put down, and that's okay. Yeah. What
3: I love to do on mortgage insurance is if somebody has a concern on it, there's some strategies that go along with it. If they want to put 10% down, it's going to be a certain amount. If, but if they want to put 11% down or 10.25% down, their mortgage insurance can drastically change because there's certain benchmarks when they're pricing them out that's going to impact that they can get a better deal. So we try to look at those little scenarios and if we need to put a little bit less or a little bit more money down to impact their long-term mortgage insurance payment. And then we educate them on how they can get out of paying mortgage insurance. In a fairly quick time frame. here in Utah, we've been blessed with amazing uh, appreciation on properties. And even when it's slowed down, it's still amazing. Mm-hmm. Right? So w- once
1: you have it, it doesn't mean you're stuck with it for your entire loan.
3: Not on a conventional loan. On an FHA loan, You are. Mm
2: -hmm. So what's cool about the PMI is our nephew and his wife, who we did a loan for, we helped them purchase a home. They came to us about two years later and said, hey, Kevin and Carly, we think we've got, oh, we helped them buy. And then they refinanced when rates went down. So they're at like a 2.75 rate. They came to us and said, hey, Kevin and Carly, we want to, we think we have enough equity to drop the mortgage insurance off. And we said, they said, can we refinance? And we immediately said, you're at a (laughs) 2.75. Let's not look at refinancing. (laughs) So what we had, and we love them and we love doing loans, but that wasn't their best best interest. And we do have our clients best interest at heart. So what we told them was reach out to the lender,
3: the servicer, the servicer yeah.
2: reach out to the servicer, and they'll tell you what needs to be done. So it was really simple. They, all they had to do in their situation was get an appraisal. They paid like, what, $550 for an appraisal? The value came back. And they were able to drop off that monthly mortgage insurance payment and keep their low rate. And that'll save them thousands of dollars. Yes. Yeah. It was a, a couple 550 is worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 550 to save 150 ish a month. Yeah. On wow. conventional loans, yes, there there are ways of dropping that off eventually. FHA loans, it's on for the life. On of the for boy. the life. Right. Correct.
1: Terrific. If someone comes to you and is looking for a mortgage, what documents would they need?
2: Great question.
3: Documents to support their credit their income, and their assets. Mm -hmm. And then there's specialized circumstances. If they're divorced, we would need a divorce decree. Mm -hmm. If they're self-employed, we're either going to need bank statements or tax returns for one or two years, depending on how long they've been self-employed. It's not overwhelming. Mm -mm. It feels overwhelming, but we try to make it simple. And what we'd rather do is it's not fun to apply for a mortgage. Mm -hmm. We try to make it as fun as we can. you yeah. <laughs> are handing over yeah. all your pay stubs and bank statements and all this stuff. But guess what? You've got to do it anyway mm-hmm. before you close on the loan. So what we try to focus in on is doing everything that we can up front with a borrower. Mm-hmm. And we want to make it a fun time. When they find a house, they go under contract, we don't want to be bugging them about sending us new documents or signing this or signing that. We also want them to sleep pretty good at night knowing that they're fully pre-approved and they're earnest money's not at risk or the the other shoe's not going to fall. And they're going to say, sorry, when you filled out your application online, we didn't review everything Mm -hmm. and you actually filled it out incorrect. We don't pull the punches like that. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure that we have a fully approved, -approved, um, Mm pre-approved loan file. What do you want to do when you go under contract? You want to pick out like, hey, I'm going to park in this side of the garage or this is what, what are we going to paint the baby room like? Yeah. Right? The yeah. fun stuff.
2: Yeah. So typically it's stuff you already have access to your pay stubs. Most people can just log on to their company's website or whatever their payroll is through and print their recent pay stubs. Bank statements. Most people can do their online banking and from your online banking, yeah. from your phone, you can go into your last two months, bank statements, save it on your phone as a PDF and all of our application is electronic too. So from your phone, you can drop that into your file. Mm. So the stuff that we ask for is usually stuff that you already have access to, right? Bank statements, pay stubs, W twos, taxes if needed. Different loans have different specifications, but those are the main
3: kind of the main things documents. That we need. Yeah, that doesn't sound too bad. It's, it's not. not at all. Yeah, and it's yeah. getting more and more automated too. On certain type of loans, like conventional loans especially, we can do automated income. So okay. if they work at a company that's fairly large, mm-hmm. if they're not like working out of a mechanic shop that has two employees, right? Yeah. Most companies are going to subscribe to programs where we can go in and just pull like account check or verifier and we'll mm-hmm. just put their information in. And if we get automated income, we don't need pay stubs. Mm-hmm. We don't need W-2s. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's also also a program called account check. We can have them log in through a secure portal, and they can log in and give us read-only rights to their bank statements Mm -hmm. that we can refresh, Mm -hmm. and then it cuts off right after they close. Mm -hmm. And so they don't have to send updated information. It's just a click of the button on our side. They did it up front. There is a huge trend moving to make Mm -hmm. it more and more automated and more and more secure.
2: Secure is the keyword because we don't have access. We're not going to know what their login is to their accounts. We're just going to have access to regenerate updated statements. If a new statement comes through for the next month. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Right? And you were mentioning that you make it fun. Yeah. So <laughs> some of the fun things you do to help people remember what they should be doing during a loan are what?
2: Biggest thing is once you're pre-approved, we don't want people to go and take out new credit. Right. So of some of the fun things that we do is when they're pre-approved and they start shopping, we send them a cooler, just a little portable cooler.
3: It's like a collapsible, insulated, yeah. zip-up bag That's that has. Show. Oh yeah, awesome. we're branded with Ultimate Home Lending on yeah. the side, and we
2: put snacks and drinks and oh, wow. fun things in there with a the note that says, "Congratulations, you're pre-approved. Now you and the realtor's name go start shopping for your home." Here's some snacks and drinks to help you go. I might just put it in an application just to get get that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then on the note, it says, do not take out any new credit or buy anything Uh, that can't fit in this bag, including (laughs) jewelry, because you could fit jewelry pretty much in anything. Yeah. Just a fun way to remind remind them what the next steps are and just to let them know we're thinking of them.
3: Yeah. And that's been fun because we'll mail it out to a borrower. But there's been a few that we would drive over to their home Uh and we would meet them on the front porch of their rental and congratulations. It's not very
0: often that the borrowers get to meet loan officers face to face or even over FaceTime or anything nowadays. It's A lot of it's automated, like you said, and over the phone. So that's a great personal touch. It is. It's
2: great to meet them in person because as lenders, we usually don't meet our clients, like you said, face to face until the closing table. Yeah. And so to be able to meet them ahead of time, we're on the phone all the time with them. Texting and calling. So we know each other's voices and we've seen pictures of each other. But meeting in person is just one extra little step to be able to, hey, we're a real person, you're a real person. So it's been a really fun addition that we've done.
3: Yeah, there's also a little automated video that goes out Mm -hmm. and it talks to him about that. And we have the conversation because it is important. We don't want loan bombs coming up Mm -hmm. where it's the 4th of July, you go into Lowe's, you're getting ready to buy a home. And they're like, apply for a Lowe's card and you get 10% off everything. Yeah. Yeah. So we have that conversation and just say, there's going to be a labor or memorial or Christmas or there's going to be another sale here Mm -hmm. pretty quick. Let's just hold off on applying for those. Even if it's like Kohl's and you're checking out, I had one borrower Mm -hmm. and they're like, at checkout, hey, do you want to save 10% or whatever? And so they
1: take out the Kohl's card. Got a Kohl's
3: card. Even if they didn't put anything on it, it could pause the closing to where we have to prove, okay, they did have their credit pull. They did receive a card. There's not additional debt on it, Mm -hmm. but we have to take time to do that. And that could cause a hiccup.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. So another, you you keep talking about these loan bombs. So what's an escrow account? How does it relate to a mortgage? What are some of those other things that buyers should expect when Mm -hmm. they're going through this process after they've been approved to?
2: Escrow account, basically you have four to five main parts of a mortgage payment of principal and interest which goes to pay the bank and pay down while you own the home your escrow account is for taxes and insurance so every year in utah taxes are due in november your lender pays that on your behalf so whatever that amount is due in november one twelfth of that because there's 12 mortgage payments in a calendar year one twelfth of that amount is taken out of your mortgage payment you paid to your lender and they hold that in an escrow account an escrow account is basically your money being held by somebody else And the same thing with homeowner's insurance. Every year, the month you close, your homeowner's insurance is due. And whatever that amount is, 112 of that is taken out and put into an escrow account. So every November, your lender is going to pay your taxes on your behalf because the lender wants to make sure there's no tax liens put on the home. And similarly with the homeowner's insurance, then they're going to pay your homeowner's insurance every year because they want to make sure the home's covered.
3: Yeah, like Carly said, it's your money that other people are holding. In this case, it's the lender. Yeah. When you're closing on a, a, a loan to purchase a home, you have your down payment and most people understand, okay, I'm going to do 3% down or 5%. You also have closing costs. Part of the closing costs are to create a funded escrow account. That's going to have enough money in there that by the time you make your payments and taxes do become due, there's enough in there for the lender to write a check on your behalf. And so it's something that provides you protection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh provides a lender protection as well.
0: And that will be part of their payment mm-hmm. the entire yeah. time that they have the loan. Mm-hmm. So that the taxes and insurance are always getting paid every year. Yep.
1: And f- speaking of that, that portion of their mortgage will always exist mm-hmm. because they always got to pay taxes That's and they thing. always have a homeowner's policy. Yeah. But yeah. if they want to pay off their mortgage early, are there mm-hmm. pre-penalty payments through mortgage companies? Uh,
3: Most of the time the there's not. Mm-hmm. So there are exceptions to that. But for 95-plus percent of the loans out there, conventional loans, um, FHA, VA, USDA, there's no prepayment penalties.
1: So grandpa dies, leaves you $400,000, and you want to use that money to pay off. Mm -hmm. You don't get a penalty for using that money Mm -hmm. to pay off your your mortgage. Yeah.
2: Correct. And then essentially, obviously, it's paid off, so you don't have a monthly mortgage payment your escrow account goes away. So you are responsible for for paying your taxes every year and your homeowner's insurance every year. That's an important point. It is. It is, yes.
0: And then earlier you said there's four parts. So those are the first Uh three, principal interest, and then your escrow. And the fourth one is private mortgage insurance, which we already talked about, right? And not everybody has
2: that. Principal interest, taxes, and insurance. And then the mortgage insurance, if you have that, the last part isn't really part of your mortgage payment. You don't pay it to your lender. But if you're in a property that has... A homeowners association yeah, payment? HOA. Yeah. An HOA. Uh-huh. You're paying it to the HOA, but for qualifying and debt-to-income ratios, we have to include that as part of your monthly mortgage mm-hmm. payment because it includes everything that has to do with that mortgage. Mm-hmm. So that could be a sixth part. Uh-huh. Yeah, and
3: payment. as a home buyer, talk to your lender about that mm-hmm. because if you're shopping and they say, okay, you're pre-approved for $500,000 purchase, but in this community, there's no HOA. and this one, there's $150 HOA. And in this one, there's 625 uh-huh. You might not be approved for the 625 uh-huh. So discuss that with them and see how much impact that's going to Even have. though the house is exactly the Correct. same. Exactly. Yeah.
2: That's yeah. why we, we love to run numbers. If they're looking at three houses this weekend, let us just— and it takes us just a couple minutes to run those numbers right. and do it from our phone. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Speaking of running numbers, what's okay. the difference between a permanent and a temporary rate buy-down?
3: That's a big a buzz in the market mm-hmm. the last year is temporary rate buy downs. A big buzz in the market, 2020, 2021, 20, mm-hmm. and part of 2022 was permanent. The difference is, in the name, mm-hmm. a permanent rate buy down, when are you going to want to permanently buy that rate down? When rates are high and you think you're going to refinance in a couple of years? Right, no. No, <laughs> because then you're spending a bunch of money and then you're going to refinance and. 12, 6, 18 months. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so in most cases, in a high-rate environment, a permanent rate buy-down doesn't make sense.
2: Because it permanently (laughs) buys your rate down for the duration of that loan. 15-year loan, 30-year loan. Your rate, that money's gone because you've permanently bought that
1: rate down. Yeah, so it's much more costly to permanently buy it. So it has a a cost factor Mm -hmm. that's high.
3: And reality is, no matter what the rate environment historically – We don't stay in our loan for 30 years. Mm. Grandpa might have stayed in his home for 50 years. Yeah. But we stay in our mortgages an average of 3.6 years before there's an event. We sell it. We refinance it. We get a better rate. We pull some cash out because we have a wedding, right? Mm, Or we want to remodel. So most people, are not going to be in there for 30 years. And so if you're considering a permanent rate buy down, have your lender to do a a cost analysis to see, if I buy this rate down a half a percent and it costs me $5,000 extra dollars, how much am I going to save every month? And how many months of savings will it take to eat up that $5,000 cost? What's your break even? And if you feel like, yeah, our plan is we're in this home, our kids are in school, we're going to be here after 42 payments then it might make a lot of sense. On temporary rate buy down, the big buzz on that right now is with a higher rate environment like we have and the high sixes to seven, low sevens right now, if somebody can come in and the seller can pay for, and most of the time it's a seller, there are some cases where the lender can cover it, but we'll just talk about the seller paying for temporary rate buy down. They're just given a chunk of money and a temporary rate buy down buys the rate down It subsidizes the borrower's payment as if the rate was 1% or 2% lower or 3% lower. Mm -hmm. There's a 1-1 rate buy down. There's a 2-1. There's a 3-2-1. What that means is for the first year, let's use the most common, which is a 2-1. For the first year, if you locked your rate today for 30 years, fixed at 7%, you're going to pay 2% lower as if you actually locked in a five percent for the first twelve for months. 12 months. Mm-hmm. And so, two two one. Because
2: you're paying percent exactly.
3: The second year, instead of a seven, you're gonna pay a six percent, as if it was six percent. But the difference between what you're actually paying and what your rate is locked at is held in an escrow account. And so for the first year, you might save, we just had one last night, that their savings on that was like $840 a month for the first 12 payments. Mm -hmm. That $840 is part of a big pie that's in an escrow account Mm -hmm. that the lender holds.
2: That came from the seller, right?
3: Yep. And so that account has a chunk of money. And so maybe the seller needs to come up with $15,000 in seller-paid closing cost that they put into an account for a temporary rate buy-down that allows the buyer to come in and make a much lower payment than they would on what they locked their rate in for the next 24 months. The experts are telling us that the rates are going to be lower. And when they do become lower, when that buyer refinances, there's a chunk of money in that escrow account that's left. If they don't use it all, if they refinance in month 12... Mm-hmm. Then there's going to be a chunk of money. That money doesn't disappear, it doesn't go away. It goes to paying the principal amount of the loan down. So if there's yeah, 7,000 awesome. left, yeah. then it, it they, goes there. Get, it right it goes the right there. Yeah, they don't it's lose a the they don't lose money. a penny. Right? Yeah,
2: it belongs to the buyer. And that's what's so great about it is the bank gets their full payment every month. Right. But it allows the buyer to pay less years one or two or three. And the lender goes in and pulls whatever's left over out of that escrow account. So it is truly the buyer's money.
3: And it's not for everybody. We're seeing about 40% of the sellers willing to do that. Mm -hmm. A seller that would be willing to do that is maybe if their house has been on the market for a few weeks Mm -hmm. and they haven't gotten any offers, they're priced too high. But if you have somebody that's They have really no urgency. They're just throwing their house up high at a high price. They might not be willing to do it. So that's where having a trusted real estate agent that can negotiate, they can know the circumstances of the sale of the property by communicating with the seller's agent, seeing what they'll disclose, and then working it out. So most of the time we educate new homeowners or even move up homeowners if they already have a property. That this is a strategy that you need to be aware of, but it's not guaranteed that the seller is going to agree to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And then when you're qualifying the buyer for that, you're qualifying them on the higher payment. So it's nice that they're saving some money, but it's not like they're not going to be able to make their payment in three years when that buy down goes away. Right.
2: Heaven forbid rates don't come down in two to three years. Heaven forbid. Then they know what their payment's going to be, and that's what they're
1: qualifying Yeah. Correct. Got it. Okay, so now we've been talking some numbers, a lot of numbers. So here's another number, 15 year mortgage, 30 year mortgage, what do you recommend? What's the cost difference there?
2: It totally depends on the buyer. Mm. 30 year versus 15 year, the payment's gonna be higher on a 15 year, but you're gonna have less interest over time and you're gonna pay that loan off quicker. Sometimes that 15 year can be kind of a sticker shock for the buyers. If you, have, if you have someone that I don't know if I can make that, then we can go ahead and recommend a 30-year and say, you can make payments as if it's a 15-year, but some months might be might be a little bit tighter than others. So you have that option to make that smaller payment at a 30-year, but each month you can pay as much as you want on a monthly payment. On a 15-year, you have to pay that higher payment. On yeah. a 30-year, if your goal is to pay that mortgage off in 15 years, but that payment's a little bit high for you to swallow, then... You get the 30-year and you just make as many extra
3: payments as you want. Smart. Yeah, any situation is different. If it's a younger family and their goal is to pay it off faster, that's exactly the strategy Mm -hmm. is to do the 30. But if one of my best friends, he's been in his home in Draper. He's going to stay there. It's an amazing home. Mm -hmm. Rates dropped. He could get a better deal. And he refinanced at 15 years. But he started with a 30 for Mm -hmm. 10 years. Mm -hmm. His property value went up, his payment didn't really change much because he had such a low rate drop, mm-hmm. and his balance had gone down. Mm-hmm. So in that case, it made a lot of sense for him to do that. Um, on you know Mathematically, a 15-year is going to be a lower rate, and it's going to be a lot less paid over time.
0: Mm-hmm. So you're paying less interest.
3: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep, you're paying interest for a shorter period of time. And it's less, the rates are typically, it's not an exact science with rates, we all know that, they're all moving up (laughs) and down every day, but typically you're going to have a little bit of a lower, a quarter percent, a half percent, one percent, depending on the type of market that you're in, between a 30-year and a 15-year, and there's also a sweet spot in the middle. You could do a 22-year, you could do a 25-year, 20-year, you could even do a 10-year, right, if you wanted to get really aggressive, but... That's where we come in. And as a homeowner, if you're in an existing property and you want to refinance and talk through it, make sure you're working with a lender that's going to show you the different options, the pros and cons of each, and help have a strategy that makes sense, not just I heard it was better from Dave Ramsey. Right. I'm going to do that, right? <laughs> right, right <laughs> My <laughs> right. strategy is listening yeah. to Dave Ramsey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It should be based on your scenario. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. yeah that's absolutely. where it comes in. Every loan, every buyer, every situation is so different. And it's our job to educate each individual client, each individual buyer, so they can make the best educated decision.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. That You spend that time with mm-hmm. them each individually to mm-hmm. give them the curated loan that they need
2: Mm
3: -hmm.
0: question of the year (laughs) is it
2: too expensive to buy right now for some people yeah for some people it is the biggest hurdle that we're seeing is people just can't get these higher rates out of their head right Mm -hmm. realistically they're not really as high as everyone's thinking they are because we got so spoiled over the twos and threes but historically they're right where they should be maybe just a tad bit higher not a ton higher than everyone's thinking but if you can get qualified, now is the time to buy. Because as we saw when rates were super low at twos and threes in 2020, 2021, it was a feeding frenzy. Mm-hmm. You had people putting 40, 50, the highest we saw on one property was 98 offers on one property wow. in one weekend. Yeah. What does that mean? That wow. means the cost of that house is going up. Mm-hmm. The appraisals aren't matching up. We saw people paying 30, 40, $50,000 out of pocket to pay the difference between the appraisal and the loan you can't get a loan for more than what the home appraises for right. those prices were being driven up people were just doing outrageous earnest money mm-hmm. the highest i saw was someone did $100,000 in earnest money wow that went hard on acceptance yeah which was insane Scary. Us as lenders, we knew that loan, we did our job, but there were unforeseen things that could happen. This was during COVID. People are losing their jobs left and right. Mm -hmm. If this person had lost their job, they would have been out $100,000. It was a hard market, even though rates were lower. The same thing is going to happen. We feel similar thing is going to happen once rates even fall to the fives. All those people that are waiting. And I heard a statistic the other day that 67% of home buyers are waiting to buy until rates come down. The same thing's going to happen again. Mm-hmm. So if you can get qualified now, yes, rates are higher. But you know what? Now's the time to buy. It's no. the buyer's market. Now's the time to buy. Then when rates come down and if it makes sense, refinance to that lower rate. Right. So marry the home and date the rate. Yep. There you go. Right?
1: Sound advice. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. It was more expensive to buy before mm-hmm. than it is now. The difference in your payment on your rate compared to the difference – uh, that if you waited to a lower rate, the property is going to appreciate, mm-hmm. right? That the ones that you're looking at right now, yeah. and you're right now is a sweet spot because the values aren't aren't uh, higher as, as they were. There's not that competition that mm-hmm. that we talked about. So yeah, it's it's an amazing time to buy. Right. Yep.
0: Thank you, Kevin and Carly, for giving our listeners this great guidebook to lending. We appreciate you being here. Silver Dollar Man, what's your advice for our listeners?
1: The same advice I always give, which is stay stunning.